2: Welcome back inside Hurricane Hotline as we continue to discuss Miami and Wake Forest. Let's head back up to Greensboro and bring in the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagaki. Joe Z, how are things going up there?
3: Uh, Pretty good, Danny. A lot better now. got a little tight there at the end, but uh, good win for Miami. They're all good at this time of the year because you win, you keep on playing, and uh, so for the University of Miami, this is the, the tournament sandwiched in between the big tournament. Uh, But these guys want to win this thing, and uh, it's a rematch of last year's semifinal. They're going to get Duke tomorrow night uh, and play just well enough to win today and, again, kind of had a habit of letting these games get away at the end, but uh, did enough to to win the game.
2: By my count, Joe, we've had three straight games that have come down to almost identical shots at the end. FSU made theirs. Pittsburgh missed theirs. And Wake Forest today missing again. So I think – is my count correct on that?
3: Uh, they, it is, and two of the three have come off a missed free throw that pretty much uh, could have helped put the game away, But and almost in the same spot. It's funny because Coach L told me the other day, we were talking about the Matt Cleveland shot, and he said, really, the percentage of, of a guy hitting that shot is like 10%, 15%, and now we've had three in a row. And one went in, one I thought was going in, and this one, I felt like, eh, not so close. So, but um, hopefully, the next two games, uh, maybe, maybe the next two won't come down to the final shot. We'll see.
2: Joe, Miami today is up eighteen points, 61-43, Less than ten minutes to play. Wake Forest, as we just discussed, ends up having a, a shot at the end. It was a hell mary shot, but still a shot nonetheless to win the game. Any level of concern that you're sensing here as, as the Hurricanes are, are now you know, tr- struggling just a little bit to close out games here in the second half?
3: I just think that sometimes they, you know, to me, and, and, and this should not be the case with this team that's uh, experienced this way, time and score, time and score. And it appeared to me against Wake Forest that they just felt that time and score was so much in their favor They got sloppy. Instead of trying to make the easy play, they wanted to make the spectacular play. And then the game got choppy. Uh, The foul calls, Miami got called for several, uh, I thought, touch fouls. And Wake Forest was able to kind of take Miami out of their rhythm in the final eight minutes. And there just wasn't a flow or a pace to Miami's offense. And then Wake, of course, hit a couple of uh, acrobatic three-point shots. And next thing you know, you find yourself in a situation where you're going to get your heart broken, but I think you know the, the first ten minutes of the second half looked like Miami basketball. Shared the ball, made shots, looked comfortable, played played fast, and then the game just got choppy for a variety of a variety of reasons. Maybe they also lost their concentration. I do think there were possessions where you have to understand time and score, and uh, they turned the ball over with some some passes that were right into the teeth of the Wake Forest defense.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at it, Joe, Isaiah Wong with 17, Jordan Miller with 18, Norchad O'Meara with 14, uh, Pack 9 Poplar-8. I mean, the scoring was very well spread out, but I, I agree with you. It just seems like Miami has been getting away from what they do best in, in the final moments of these games. And between turnovers and missed free throws, Joe, there, there's been some errors that they're making down the stretch that are just allowing these teams to get back in. And, and then all of a sudden you get a guy like Appleby who, who gets hot. And, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because these guys are able to help him get right back in the game.
3: Now, part of it is you don't have um, a um, great inside presence. Now, some would say, but wait a minute, that's Norchad, and that's true. But he's not the guy that late in the game when the defense starts sagging in, and Miami had, Miami had 42 points in the paint, but late in the game when you need to hit that post up and lob it in to somebody they really don't have that game. Norch has good with his back to the basket, but he's still six foot seven. And late in the game, when you need to make that entry pass, I think that's when they get themselves in trouble. And then you end up settling, uh, for what the defense wants to give you long three point shots. And, um, you know, they hit a, they hit enough threes in the second half. They were, uh, four for 10 in the second half, but I think they hit three of their first fives and then kind of tailed off. Uh, in the second part of the second half, so I think some of their problem is uh, not having a great premier uh, post presence, and then over dribbling and over dribbling into the teeth of the of the defense, trying to get to the rim late in the game, and uh, um, and there and then you end up on the other end sometimes out of sorts, where you're giving up transition threes, or in this case, uh, I don't even know how to describe some of the shots that Appleby made, and then Hildreth. Also made a crazy three. And I would also throw in there, Miami was doing a very good job rebounding. And the game ended up 38-36 to 36, uh, on rebounds. And Wake Forest ended up with 13 offensive rebounds. And I'll bet you, Danny, that most of those 13 came in the final 10 minutes of the game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we talked about going into this game was forcing turnovers, Joe. I I don't know if it was just Miami's defense wasn't right in this game, but they were only able to force 10 turnovers on on Wake Forest. They did turn that into 18 points, which was a good sign. But uh, I think Miami's defense has to be perhaps a little more aggressive.
3: No, I think their their intention was to be very aggressive on Appleby. I think you had to give Wake credit. You know, they turned the ball over 19 times in the first game you you know that Steve Forbes was drilling that in their heads last night uh, to, to make sure they take better care of the ball. But really, uh, one of the things that Wake does, you talk about high-usage players, and that's Appleby and Hildreth. Uh, Appleby went 39 minutes, Hildreth went 38 minutes, and the ball was primarily in their hands the entire game. Uh, those are the only two guys that really handle the ball. And Appleby is really a magician Uh, handling the ball. He did a good job. He did turn it over three times. That's a lot less than the 12 he had in Miami. He had five assists. Hildreth had seven assists. And Miami, uh, their whole game plan was to contain those two guys. and um, They did a pretty good job on it, but at the end of the day, Appleby ends up with 24 points, albeit it took them 24 shots and 15 of the 24 were three-pointers. Hildreth got 17 on 11 shots, we had, he had a pretty efficient day. But Appleby, I mean, he had 24 shots in the game. Um, so I thought Miami, for the most part, did a good job on him. But uh, it just was not a 40-minute uh, game put together by the University of Miami. And we have seen in the past, when they don't play 40 minutes, sometimes that will uh, jump up and bite them in the backside. Fortunately, today, it did not.
2: Well, Joe, a team that did play 40 minutes today was Duke. And we'll probably spend the, uh, the next 24 hours hearing about how they're the greatest team in, in college basketball now after they beat Duke 96-69, to 69, or beat Pittsburgh, excuse me, 96-69 to uh, 69 today. A very impressive win for Duke, and, and they look good in that one. But, you know, Miami has had their number of late here, Joe Z. What do you think about this matchup tomorrow?
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a road game uh, for the University of Miami. Uh, So they need to get a (laughs) – what jumps in my head, Danny, is you're playing in Greensboro, and they love big crowds here. So Miami needs to get a fair whistle. Um, You had Nigel Pack foul out of the game against Wake Forest. It was his 82nd career game. He's never fouled out of a game before. He's not one of America's great defenders or one of America's most physical players, but he had 5,000 in the game. They fouled him out of the game. So against Duke, somehow they're going to have to play defense without fouling. They have to be able to find a good matchup on Filipowski, who has been a tremendous player, rookie of the year in the league. Uh, in the uh, last game, uh, Whitehead did not play for Duke; he was injured. He had a big shot against Miami in the first game at Duke. Uh, it's a good matchup uh, for both sides. Duke has the size. Miami does have the physicality with Omir inside. And Miami has the great backcourt. They've got the better backcourt. I believe that uh, Wong and Nigel Pack and Bensley Joseph and Wilgan Jordan Miller are better than uh, what Duke has the backcourt uh, with Pro- uh, 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 Ta- Proctor and, um, and uh, Jeremy Roach. I think Miami has the better uh, backcourt in this game uh, tomorrow night. So uh, it will come down to some of the things that you have mentioned, and that would be um, taking care of the ball, tightening up the defense. Duke has been considered a very good uh, three-point shooting defensive team. Miami's number one in the league in three-point field goal percentage, so uh, they'll have to have good balance in their offense uh, and share the ball and and get a lot of assists.
2: You know, I think another interesting thing to look for here uh, in this game, Joe, is uh, Kyle Felpowski. I mean, he played fantastic today, but he left the game early with an ankle injury and and he was able to come back into the game. He was just as effective, but the, the injury looked somewhat significant when it happened. He got helped off the floor. And, you know, I just wonder if, you know, 24 hours later, how he's going to end up feeling if he's going to be at 100 percent.
3: Well, he's a big key. There's no question about that because he is... Uh, He's tough to handle. He gets down in the post and he shoulders the the heck out of you. And uh, he generally gets calls going in his way. He's a tough, tough matchup. He can shoot the three. He's a really smart player. He's a great rebounder. Got a ton of double doubles. Uh, he might be averaging a double double. I had to check his numbers, but um, you know he's a seventeen point ten eleven rebound guy uh, just about every single night. So that's a tough matchup for Miami. They did a good job. Jordan Miller and O'Meara did a good job on him in the game in Miami. Uh, if he is limited, that will be a, a, a big factor for, for Duke because he, is, he definitely is a great player. You can't take that away from him.
2: Josie, who can step up in this game? You, you've been right on on these a few times this season, so i got to ask you, outside of the obvious guys, Jordan Miller, who's been very consistent, Isaiah Wong, and, and North Chad O'Meara, who can really step up and be kind of the X factor in this game and, and have a big game in, in what's essentially going to be a road game here for Miami?
3: Well, there's no question that Nigel Pack has to have a great game, for, in my mind. You know, uh, he, was, he was playing uh, really, really well, for the University of Miami, going into that Florida State game, he had a, a run there, Hollywood, of about 15 games where he was making about 47, 48 percent of his three-point shots. And then, you know, didn't play the Florida State game, and last week against uh, Pittsburgh, I think he was four for nine. I think he made only one three-pointer in today's game, and it looked like he was a, a little bit of out at, of at rhythm because really. You know he's gone almost two weeks. I think without uh, getting a lot of shots, he was one for four from three-point range today. And uh, so, to me, if Nigel Pack can get back to where he was uh, prior to the Florida State game, that would go a long way uh, in in helping Miami win that game tomorrow. night. they're going to need him to stretch the defense against uh, uh, against Duke, and if they can stretch the defense. With him and Wong, certainly uh, that will help things inside with O'Meara, which also will be a huge key in the game. Can they keep him out of foul trouble? He had four fouls today, and so um, Coach L had to be careful how he used Norchad. I think he has fourth foul with eight minutes to go in the game, his third foul with uh, 12 or 14 minutes to go in the game. So those two things I think would be really important for Miami against Duke.
2: Yeah, I mean, we saw A.J. Casey in the uh, regular season finale, Joe, but but how confident are they right now outside of Norchad O'Meara if he were to get into foul trouble? Uh, do you go to favor Iray, do you bring him in there? I, again, this is a big Duke team here, and, and it's certainly a possibility that Norchad ends up in in foul trouble. You know, he picks up a couple of quick fouls, something like that. How confident is Miami they can still stop Duke?
3: Yeah, that's you don't want to go down that road. Uh, Uh, Today, uh, Casey did not play. Coach L went to uh, to Anthony Walker. And, you know, Anthony uh, has a great attitude, uh, hasn't had the kind of year that he had a couple of seasons ago, but he's very capable in short spurts of playing pretty good basketball um, for Miami. And so I think he would be the first guy off the bench to back up. Uh, North Chad. He's a high flyer. He can grab rebounds. He can score inside. He can't make a three. He keeps taking those three-pointers. He's only made one since January, and that was against Georgia Tech, and that was back on January 3rd or 4th since then. He hasn't made one three-pointer. He keeps shooting, but they don't go in. But he's most effective when he's around the basket, uh, rebounding, altering shots, and of course uh, if he gets out on the break or gets above the rim, you can't stop him because of the way that he leaps
2: uh, Miami and Duke tomorrow night. Jose will be on the FM, 104.3 FM, the Shark. We get to hear your voice in uh, in crystal clear FM stereo tomorrow, so uh, it, it should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Joe, I want to wish you, by the way, a very happy anniversary, you and your wife.
3: Uh, what, <laughs> Thanks, what's, uh, what's
2: in the plans for tonight up there in Greensboro?
3: Well, I'm just going to go to dinner with the team. She, of course, will be having uh, probably a lovely candlelight dinner at home. Um, so we'll have to uh, make that up somewhere down the road, but uh, right now all of our attention will be, you know, on tomorrow. And this will be the, I think the third time that Miami and Duke have played in the semifinals and uh, Duke has beaten Miami twice last year, guy, in Brooklyn. So um, maybe it's Miami's turn to return the favor. Uh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be all Duke fans. It's going to be tough sledding in the Coliseum, 23,000 uh, Duke fans. But I suspect that we're going to get a great effort by the University of Miami.
2: Yeah, I think so too, Joe. It's been an incredible season. It's been a special season and uh, hopefully one more special uh, performance against Duke here. And uh, hopefully we can keep you up there in Greensboro through uh, Saturday and uh, get you back here on Sunday because we got a Selection Sunday show that uh, we're going to be doing as well, which I know we're excited for.
3: Yep, 6 o'clock Sunday night. We'll be on campus. Uh, you and I will be there. And uh, we'll find out where the NCAA decides to send the University of Miami. That'll be uh, a really exciting night. Back-to-back years. Hurricanes in the semifinals of the ACC tournament. Back-to-back years. We'll be in the NCAA tournament. And, um, listen, if they could avoid these uh, four-minute meltdowns at the end of the game, they could find themselves in the Final Four.
2: Josie, sounds good, and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing from you tomorrow.
3: Okay, Hollywood, thank you. Appreciate
2: it. All right, it's a 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off, Miami and Duke in the ACC tournament. Again, that game you can catch live on 104.3 FM, the Shark, and on the Odyssey app. We'll take a pause. More Hurricane Hotline
0: after this. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas